Hello, and welcome to episode 18 of Friday Flix's Pixar Rewatch. Happy Friday. What Woo! was that? Oh, okay. That was, <laughs> that was an improvisation. No one knew that was happening. I had no idea you were gonna bust out the recorder. Okay, here's my contribution. Ready? Cheers! Happy Friday. Nice. That's a good sound effect right there. <laughs> How's everyone doing this lovely Friday the 13th? Oh, it does feel like a Friday the 13th. Wait, we forgot about that. Happy Friday the 13th. Glad to be here. All my bad luck. To see all of you. Yeah. Yes, we are back. We are here to talk about the 18th Pixar movie, Cars 3. But before we start talking about the movie, this is the best time for you guys to hit that subscribe button. Write us a review. You're already here. You might as well just, you know, hit that button. It just takes one thumb, really, guys. Just one thumb. Yeah. And, like, we want to hear what you think. We're just sitting here talking to you, you know, sharing our ideas into the void. Get nothing back. Unless you review review write us an email at um jk entertainment 247 at gmail.com follow us on facebook and instagram at friday flicks podcast and let us know what you think we want to hear how we're doing and we we just want to keep entertaining you guys because what are we doing here jimmy we're just friends and family watching and talking (laughs) watching and talking all right. Well, let's see who's here with us today. Of course, as always, we have Mr. Jimmy Anthony, and he's going to be our Lightning McQueen. This is my last chance, Cruz. Last, final, finito. If I lose, I never get to do this again. If you were a racer, you know what I'm talking about, but you're not, so you don't. Wow. Wow. I was going to say, that was close. <laughs> I didn't get a wow in there. <laughs> Ah. Wow. Thank you, Jimmy. Thank you, Jimmy. Back with us again, it's been a little while, is Byron Anthony. He's going to be Jackson Storm. I am the superior race car, all right? So just get out of my way. Does he say that? That was really good. (laughs) Well, maybe write a quote down. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) <laughs> I've got to say, my my best records have gone where I'm looking at a quote, but I didn't practice it. Don't don't practice it out loud. Go with your gut on that. But if you have the words there, it helps. All right. <laughs> All right. Also back with us again, finally, is the lovely Cynthia Anthony, and she's going to be Cruz Ramirez. These young guys are great and all, but I like a challenge. In fact, I call you my senior project. <laughs> nice. Something else she says Burr. that I just loved is the beach ate me. Oh, yeah. That one's funny. <laughs> <That's> funny. <laughs> or like, I didn't want to hit the crab. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. And also with us is Daniel McCarley, and he's going to be Natalie Certain. Well, Storm hit another new record today when he recorded the fastest lap ever recorded on a track today. These these new race cars use simulators and everything's different now. That's so, that's, that's, that's so hard, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, I, I thought you did a great. Ride, but 
It's a hard one. Do <laughs> you know I why? Didn't, I didn't recognize the character's name at first, and now I still don't know who it is. Who, right? who, who is that? Who Daniel, that? you know why I made you Natalie certain, right? No, I don't. I really don't. Oh, what? Wait, she's all about stats. Are. No, she's the one on the on the um like interview with like Chick Hicks. And he's always oh. like bad talking oh, okay. McQueen. Yeah, and Natalie right. Certain comes out and she's like all about the stats and the numbers and like the numbers uh-huh. don't lie and I'm this percent sure that this person's gonna get this place. Come on, Daniel, you're all about statistics. That's I why guess, I made I guess Natalie you're right. Certain. When I looked up the quotes, that's not what the that there weren't quotes like that. But. That was a hard one, though, Daniel. Man, how do you make that yeah. character fun? Daniel, why don't you go ahead and give a shot at Mater? <laughs> Daniel, just do a Mater. <laughs> well, I got Tim Rustin stuck in my in my truck right there like that. And, and we've got, he's got to get her done. <laughs> I'm not get her done. I know, guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. My lug nuts. <laughs> I don't know what those that are. You know, I'll just jump to this. I noticed there wasn't a lot of lug nut jokes in this one, which I enjoyed. Not a not a ton they, of meter. They turned it down on the lug nuts. Not not so much meter in this in this one. Yeah, not so much meter that's, either. Alright. That's for okay. the best, I think. <laughs> yeah. I think so too. And I'm your host, Kelly Anthony, and I'm gonna be Miss Fritter. Ah. You about to feel the wrath of the Lower Bell Bell County Unified School District. Yeah, that was good. I lo- Thank you. I love that line. <laughs> I'm about to commit a moving violation. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, she's great. Fun. Some fun lines in there. Well, good to have everyone here to talk about Cars 3. Um, but first, I'm going to turn it over to Daniel to give us some box office and Oscar movie trivia. We need to make a little uh, bumper mu- of music like Oscars, awards, gold. Sounds Globes, like something you, you should, you sounds should like drive up, Jimmy. Sounds like Jimmy has. It sounds like something Jimmy. was on fire, man. <laughs> All right, Daniel, go ahead. Okay, so this is 27. This was 2017, which I thought it was 2016 at first. Then I had to relook up 2017. Um and um that was a pretty big year, but I, I but like, you know, by this point all the movies that come out are just franchises. Um Last Jedi was the biggest movie that year. Um wow. the live action Beauty and the Beast, Wonder Woman, um, three three Marvel movies that year. You got Spider Man: Homecoming, Guardians of the Galaxy two, and Thor: Ragnarok. So you know all the yeah. Marvel movies are starting to be the same by this point. Like the multiple sequels, like the sequels on sequels, the treatments. Yeah, whatever, just yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, usually I can remember the movies by the by the mid two thousand tens. I just like all right. So what entry and what franchise? Um, it came out that year. So yeah, there that that's that's what was going on. And, and yeah, what other big movies? Yeah, it's like all franchises. Um, oh, it, it was like the one non-franchise. Um, this Fast and the then Furious be- movie that I year. mean it became its own franchise. So they turned it into two movies. They did. They turned that into two movies. Dunkirk, um, another another Pixar movie that made more money than Cars Three. That will be our next uh, podcast. It's it was Coco. It's Coco. Also coming out the same year. Oh, okay. 2017. Um, yeah, I got it. I got yeah. it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, trying to 
trying to figure that out. Um, so yeah, I'm trying to find, yeah, it doesn't look like it got any Oscar nominations. Full year for Oscars. Uh, this was the year The Shape of Water won. Uh, what else was that year? Dunkirk, like I said, Get Out, Lady Bird, Phantom Thread, The Post. Um, good, good, good movies that year. Um, what was what was nominated? Animated movies. Oh, Coco. Well, like Coco. I'm sure one. Um, the Boss Baby also came out that year. You um, know, uh, one of my fun facts I'll jump to is this was like the first Pixar movie to not get nominated for any Academy Awards or. No, that's not true. <laughs> that's not. That's not true. We definitely said that about Cars too. Cars and the good dinosaur all right well sure. then imdb is uh full of shit <laughs> yeah imdb you can't really trust imdb trivia you gotta you gotta cross-reference that shit <laughs> yeah okay well i didn't and there's probably a lot of people <laughs> <laughs> but it's one of the few that haven't been nominated we can leave it at that i guess all right anything else okay. daniel Let's see. Oh, the other Jumanji movie, Jumanji: Welcome to the Jungle, came out. Yeah, what else? Of course. Seventeen. <laughs> yeah, that movie made a. Those movies made a ton of money. I know. Say what you want. That's what all the middle school kids went to see. Oh yeah. You know, <clears throat> there's another fun fact that's kind of about you know the Cars movie and what where they when they came out. I'm trying to find it so I don't get it wrong, and you can tell me if it's if it's <laughs> wrong or not. And now I'm like not seeing where, where I marked it down. But basically it said that a, a Cars movie came out the same year as a, each Cars movie came out the same year as a um, Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Oh. Which was just kind of a funny coincidence. Really? Oh, that's interesting. So I'm trying to yeah, like find be... where I oh, marked Pirates it down. Oh, Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead So Man this would have been the Hill. fourth one. Yeah. The no, the fifth yeah. one. This was the, the fifth one. Okay. I what, saw what, that in theaters. What do you guys think <laughs> did not made see more this money. in theaters? What do you guys think made more money in the US? Cars 3 or the fifth Pirates of the Caribbean movie? Cars That's three. a really good... Wait, wait, wait. Let me really think about this. Well, I went and saw Pirates of the Caribbean and not Cars 3. Uh, I... Dude, I don't know. That's such a toss up. You're I'm gonna go with pirates. Opening weekend. Actually, I'm gonna go with did. pirates. I'm gonna go with pirates. Yes. Pirates made like ten percent more. Okay, cool. Well, so I was just saying, like, I spent my money on pirates and not Cars Three. So I just so yeah. Like... The f- the first Cars was the same as Dead Man's Chest. Cars Two was the same at, uh, year as On Stranger Tides. And this one, yeah, Dead Man Tell No Tales. Kelly, I think there were, uh, think there were also one. Fast and Furious movies every year. There was a Cars movie. Well, you the know, same year as Tokyo Drift. You just say Fast- a year, and fa- a Fast and Furious movie probably came out. <laughs> probably. probably. <laughs> so uh, what were you going to say, Cynthia? Oh, what was the year the first Cars came out? Like how much time between two thousand and? Six, I think. Yeah. I think oh, okay. So this is eleven years later. No, it was six. Years later. Okay. It was six years later. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. It came out in 2006. So this was eleven years after. I was right. I mean, I'm not that bad at math. Okay. <laughs> eleven years. That's a long time. I mean, but I could see well, how when... children that were very young would would want to see Cars Three. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, if you're into cars when you're like five, then you're going to be 16. Yeah, it's I don't still know. Like, Maybe, you know, 
something you want to go check out. They've done that a few times with like big gaps, right? With Toy Story mm-hmm. uh, from the second to the third. Well, even the third to the fourth was a little bit of a gap. Yeah, then, Monsters uh, University was yeah, a big gap. That's what I was gonna say, and Dory pretty big gap. Dory was a big gap too. Yeah, you're right. All right, thank you, Daniel. Let me give you a quick synopsis of the movie for those of you who haven't seen it or haven't seen it in a while. Lightning McQueen is happily winning all of his races until a new generation of high-tech racers are trained. They all zoom past McQueen, leaving him fading behind. Jackson Storm, a new gen, wins four times in a row as McQueen pushes himself too hard and crashes. In order to get back on the racetrack, he needs to train like all the youngins. His sponsor, Rusty's, is bought by the Mudflap King, known as Sterling, who builds a state-of-the-art training center for McQueen. He begins training from a young racing technician named Cruz Ramirez. Cruz keeps him at a slow pace while he watches the young race cars on the large simulators. McQueen finally tries the simulator before he's he's ready to do so, and then he crashes. Sterling wants him to retire and reap the rewards of selling his mud flaps, but McQueen wants to decide when he's done racing. With the help of Cruz, they go find Smokey Eunuch, a former engineer for the fabulous Hudson Hornet, to learn a few new tricks before his next big race. With cheering from Mater, Luigi, Guido, and Sally, McQueen can possibly beat Storm and the Florida 500 by remembering the history of the fabulous Hudson Hornet. All right. So first main topic we always talk about is animation style. Um, how did we feel about the overall animation and design of Cars 3? There were a few moments that looked super glossy to me, just super clean. But I have to say that like, it wasn't the big step beyond like what I've seen before. It was pretty on par with some of the stuff that has come before, I feel like. Um, it just gets cleaner and cleaner. You know, the light reflects better and all that. but. There wasn't a big, big, like, jaw-dropping, like, holy shit, that's better. Yeah, I think the part that stood out at me as, like, wow, that actually looks really good in this movie. Uh, there are probably other parts that we could talk about, but the uh, mud racing part, the, like, uh, destruction derby part, just the mm. lighting and the mud, like, I don't know, it had a very realistic and, like, gritty look. Uh, so I, I noticed was, that, at least. I was blown away by... Um, the scenes at the beach and the ocean and the reflection and the sky and the water and the water on the sand and all of the details of that kind of composition of the beach was just amazing. The hard packed sand versus the loose sand that, I don't know, maybe I was just paying attention or my brain turned on right then. Uh, Very, very remarkable. You know, look so real. Um, Yeah. Yeah, but otherwise, like, what was interesting to me, maybe it's not so much an animation style, but all of the shots from way above, you know, like a sports, uh, in sports they have, uh, what are they called? You know, those helium balloons. What are those called? A blimp, or yeah. Yeah, um, from yeah. a blimp view kind of thing, down onto the racetracks and stuff. And also interesting shots underneath the car. Like mm-hmm. you could see you as if you were in a camera underneath the car between the back two wheels. 
That yeah. was fabulous. I I never enjoyed racing so much till this movie. You know, it was very excitingly filmed. I absolutely agree. I think the racing, like the action sequences, were so well directed. Like they、mm-hmm. felt exhilarating、mm-hmm. more than the other movies, almost more than many of the other Pixar Pixar action sequences. Like、mm-hmm. I don't, I'd have to think about too many to really compare it to all of them. But it's just very、right. well done. Right. Right. Yeah, I the first time I because I watched this twice before recording this podcast, and the first time through the movie, like it took me kind of a while to get into it. But the scene that first really piqued my interest was that scene on the beach when McQueen's finally like, "I need to get get out of this facility, get off the simulator, and go do some real racing." And they go to the beach, and they're there all day. And it, I noticed that like they changed the sun. Yes, very like throughout the day. Like it was really bright、yeah. there in the morning. Then in the afternoon, they made it look like you know the foggy, cloudy kind of overcast beach. And then at the end of the day, they had like the the afternoon sun. And I was like so into it. I thought it was so cool the way they they did. You just, they you did just that. recognize it as being real. I think <laughs> exactly. Because I noticed that too. It looks so convincingly. Real, like my goodness. Sorry, but yeah. There's even these little moments when the cars just do like a little, like they reverse slowly or something like that, and it looks like that was something that actually moved. Like the precision, precision in which they can animate these little micro adjustments with the cars, and、mm. it's really clean. You know, it doesn't look animated in a certain way, even though of course、mm-hmm. it is. Totally agree. There was one scene though where I was like, that looks like it could be real. Was When they finally get to whatever little town, when they're trying to find Smokey, and、uh, McQueen's like, "Oh, look, that racetrack! That's where Hudson Hornet race, and it's all like overgrown and stuff." And they, it gets like really quiet in the music, and they do like some really slow shots, like through a fence, and you see like old signs and like overgrowth. And I'm like, and there's no cars in any of those shots. And it looks like someone could have just been at a place with a camera. Like I thought, that looks really real, you know. And it's a very quiet little spot. But yes,、yeah. totally photorealistic for sure. Yeah. No, I think you're right, Kelly. I did notice that sunset on that beach, though, and being really impressed.、Uh-huh. And the way the light changed, the way the characters were interacting with the light. I mean, it was. It did have the sensation of being, you know, time had passed or whatever. So it's interesting because the animation style of true natural things is just phenomenal in this film. But you know the characters, of course, are kind of cartoony, especially Fritter or whoever that bus lady is. Who's that lady? <laughs> Miss Fritter. Miss Fritter.、Yeah. I mean, yeah, some of those little kind of characters. But I think that's also the appeal and the intention, right? That you kind of forget. No, maybe you remember always. It's intentional that we remember that they're fictional animated characters, but everything around them is so realistic, which adds、yeah. a lot of realism, empathy, and credence to the storyline and the character arcs. So that's what they did in Good Dinosaur, like a little too much. Like the, yeah, right. We don't have to talk about that again. <laughs> All right. Well, what did you guys think of the opening scene? The movie starts out with like it's all black, and you hear McQueen like hyping himself up, like "I、um, am speed,"、yeah. 
And it's like exactly the way the first movie starts. And I legit thought I maybe clicked the wrong Cars movie on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. This is how Cars, the first one starts. And like, as soon as I thought that, then he goes, wait, did I really used to say that? <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's kind of funny. But then it's like, no, dude, you didn't used to say that. You're still saying it to yourself. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, um, and then it starts out with the race and he and all of his race car competitors are like pals. They like make jokes on the racetrack and it's all seems super fun. And then it kind of, the whole opening kind of ends with Jackson storm, finally like winning a race kind of coming out of nowhere. So what did you guys think of that? Like opening part where they kind of set up where racing's at and introducing Jackson storm. I thought it was pretty brilliant because they had to establish, you know, that Lightning McQueen was the same old guy, you know, everything we remember about him, he hasn't changed a lot, right? Which becomes the theme in the film, right? As he ages and so forth. And actually the, the camaraderie between the other competitors was really true. There was a time in NASCAR and everything when, I don't know who they were, but they were all kind of close. There was this camaraderie. It wasn't a vicious competition, you know, and uh, kind of like what happens sometimes is technology just sort of creeps up on you and the world changed. And so I, I liked it. I, I, you know, Kelly, I, it, it didn't, I, it, it didn't take me back to the cars one. I just, oh, okay. We're back with these guys. Um, yeah, that's all. So Jackson Storm coming out of nowhere with his awesome paint job and dark colors and everything, you know, set it up well. Yeah, I mean, you can kind of tell, like, in the first five minutes of the movie what the movie's going to be about in a good way. You know, like, I could tell from the first interaction with Storm that this is going to be the sort of passing of the baton in a certain way. Um, but, you know, we were sort of talking about franchises uh, in an earlier conversation, and, like, for me, knowing that this is Cars 3, it's pretty, like, you know, of course they could make Cars 4, but they're probably, gonna, you know, it's probably time for whatever McQueen to put his hat away, put his hat up, rather. Yeah. So, True. I mean, they set it up well, but at the same time, I was also like, oh, right. Third movie in a trilogy, you know. Okay. Wrapping it up. Yeah. 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 Um... I think, yeah, you know, he doesn't come right away. The storm guy, it takes a little while. At first, it's just like, meet good old lightning. You know, did I really used to say that? And then he like wins a race at first. And it's just like, there's like sort of like a montage of remember him. And like, if you haven't seen the other movies, this is who he is. His best friend is Mater. This is the silly Luigi guy. And they do it all pretty effectively really quickly. Um, and I, I think it's fine. I'm glad they did that instead of trying to explain too much about the backstory. Uh, but like there's a moment there before the storm character comes in where I am kind of like, Oh God, like another cars movie. Like it, cause everything's <laughs> just so happy go lucky. And it's just like, Oh, Mater. And he like sneezes and you know, he has that stupid little like slapstick oh, yeah. moment where you're in the, I'm just like, Oh God, this is for five-year-olds. But yeah, then the storm guy comes in and like you said, by instantly clicks what this movie is going to kind of be about essentially although you don't know everything. And then it kind of became more interesting. And I like the, like when I saw the design of Storm, I thought it was cool too. Cause I was like, 
oh yeah, like that's actually what like modern, like fast, cool cars kind of look like. Cause you have in your head that, oh, Lightning McQueen, this super fast looking, super cool looking car. And you kind of forget that like, oh, that is actually kind of like a dated look on a car. Lightning yeah, McQueen's I mean, look. I so remember. they took advantage. They used wisely the true 11 year gap between yeah. movies. You know, lots true. happened in the technology and in the world of racing. Yeah. Let's see. I actually, I was kind of hooked initially with the early montage. It was just like, you know, Lightning McQueen and the other cars just kind of hanging out, like the camaraderie, he said. And it was, you know, there's like, there's the happy vibes going on. That was interesting. Once you get to Storm and like, after Storm is introduced, the movie like becomes kind of predictable. You can pretty much, you, I mean, it becomes pretty easy to predict exactly what the plot of this movie is going to be. Well, maybe not exactly. We can we can get to the ending, but it was just like okay, you know. And then it's yeah, all the stuff about the uh, advanced data statistics and how that affects sports and the new technologies and um, you know new upstart billionaires that have ideas that are going to change stuff. So yeah, I would also it's- like to mention that I had I did not watch Cars two. And it oh. does not seem to have mattered in the slightest. <laughs> nope. <laughs> it doesn't matter. And I'm so glad that they were just like, <laughs> didn't even acknowledge that Cars 2 happened. <laughs> so glad. <laughs> it's really, really obvious. I okay. told Jimmy, I was to... like, just... honestly, like this is like a true sequel to the first Cars movie. Yeah. I feel yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Cars 2 mm. is this weird mater thing. <laughs> Yeah, it's almost like talk- a it's like a straight to DVD spin-off movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um it's the main movie. This yeah, this movie is so much more connected to the first one in so many ways. And one of them, as Daniel was talking about, like this uh, very obvious oh like thing that as soon as you see Storm, you know what the movie's gonna be about, sort of like the way that everything new is ruining everything old, essentially. But, you know, the movie does kind of... that. I mean, it, you think that's, like, the basic point, and it sort of p- p- puts more nuance to it than what I just said. But that does sort of mirror, like, the theme of the first movie, where, like, the highways ruined all the towns on Route 66, right? It's sort of this old versus new and sort of revering the old, and don't forget about the old, and we need to hold on to it. But how, you know, you need to still grow or whatever you know new is important too anyway i also want to throw in this little fun fact while we were talking about cars too now again this is somebody posted this on imdb so it might be total bs like the other one but it says the film has several references to the events of cars too they include doc hudson's death okay yes of course his medical office being converted into a museum Lightning McQueen's okay. newly installed headlights. All right. Okay. <laughs> an appearance, an appearance by Jeff Gorvette at the final race of the movie. A picture of Miles Axelrod in Sterling's office, apparently, and a television screening sh- screen showing John and Nancy, the two cars in Paris, kissing. So there you go. <laughs> there just- is. This should, this should be called Cars 2, and Cars 2 should be called, like, Mater or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It should be called, like, yeah, like, Mater Special Ops or something. Mater World Tour <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. Mater's World Tour. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, I did 
I did think it was kind of funny. I did like do like a small chuckle though at the beginning, like once we find out, like once Jackson Storm is introduced and he like says hi to the reporters and goes in his van and then he like starts blasting like techno music real quick. <laughs> I, I gave a little chuckle like, okay, they're really trying to be like, these are like the young new generation. Like it was appropriate. And then I was like, what year did this come out? 2017? I was like, okay, that seems right, I guess. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Um, not long after that, though, is when the race when McQueen like is really trying to win and pushes himself too hard and he crashes. And I got to say, I had the same reaction you guys had, like, OK, I'm watching another Cars movie. But when he crashes, like I, I like felt it. I was like, oh, shit. Like, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> I felt like especially when they like zoom in on Sally's face and she's just like, oh, my God, like. I was just like, oh, my God, I don't know. Like, maybe yeah, you guys predicted he was going to crash, but it was a very effective shot of him crashing in the slow-mo. And, like, the way he crashed was, like, pretty intense. I completely agree. And I think that one of the categories we don't really talk about is editing. And I think oh. the editing of that sequence is really strong. Like, the sparks flying, another shot of it skidding, the crowd reaction. Like, it was just, I mean, the way, yeah. Yeah, it was suspenseful. Yeah. 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 And dramatic. Yeah. I mean, it's like one of the big, you know, weird uh, sort of draws of NASCAR and racing in general is people getting life threatening crashes like that. Sort of morbid, but I mean, it's very true. Okay. Well, um, we do have some more new characters in this movie. I did going back. I know we're like, we shouldn't keep talking about cars too, but I did think it was funny that in cars too, there was like a few new characters like the, um, Michael Caine character and the like the other the I can't remember her name but the other female car character they're like just not in this movie at all <laughs> and and Axelrod I guess there's a picture of him in Sterling's office but anyways um we've got Cruz Ramirez very uh-huh. main character um and then we've got Jackson Storm and we have Sterling are like the three new really main characters we also have Natalie Certain which Daniel was earlier, even though she, to be honest, like I've said this to Jimmy earlier, like they could have, they could take Natalie certain out of the movie and I wouldn't change anything about the movie, but she's in there, I guess. Jimmy was like, I wonder if she was like originally a bigger character in the movie and they like whittled her down slightly possibly. But anyways, um, first I just kind of want to talk about how do we feel about Cruz Ramirez as a character? Did we like her? Do we not like her? Do we feel like her character addition to the story was good? What do we think? Yes, I do. I mean, I think she carries the major thematic of the film, which I don't know if we're there yet on our agenda, but I mean, in terms of opportunities and believing in yourself and challenging yourself and so forth. I, I love her character. I don't know where we'd be without her. So I I thought it was a, a very well drawn character. Uh, it was really interesting when I can't remember where, but she leaves the queen. You know, she gets out of the truck and everything, and she says, "Do you think this is all I wanted to do? You know, as being a trainer, do, don't you think I got up every morning early and went around the track? You know." And she gave her story right, and he felt compassion for her. And of course, that all matters much more at the end, but. Um, I, I, I liked everything about her, her sense of humor, her um, kind of freshness, her 
come on, guys, let's do this exercise, you know, this training. And then her grit, determination, and fundamentally her strength. So loved her character. I don't know who came up with that, but A+. plus. Yeah, I mean, I think, like, I, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but I'll just preface something by saying I think the character had some unrealized potential. That being said, I think that the character is probably the best thing that happened to the whole franchise. Like, for me, it was the most compelling character that I've seen in the two Cars movies that I've watched. Um, and I think I'll leave it there for now. Yeah. Okay. I liked uh, that she was such an unsexualized female character. The, like nobody was like trying to get with her were they i don't think so no nobody was it was great you can get away so with refreshing. that they're cars <laughs> yeah you know you don't have to yeah, yeah. but in the first That's movie we had a romance yeah, going on exactly no yeah, yeah. Exactly. and in the second is... one made her and that girl i can't remember her name was that like really have a thing Did that really count as well a... yeah they have they get a little thing at the end not like mm-hmm. a little thing, but Why are we they still have talking about cars too. I don't know. Sorry, Jimmy. <laughs> it just keeps coming up. <laughs> no, I just wanted to make that point. I think it stands out about her and the way they wrote her into the story that she is just another character. She doesn't need to be a love interest or like have some guy after her that she doesn't like or whatever. Like it just wasn't right. part it's, of the story. I, re- I appreciate that. Yeah, it's great. It's actually about her. Um, her goal to be a racer and her. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there's her, probably others like was Jesse. Oh no, Jesse and Buzz. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. We don't have to, de- we not, don't have to analyze every character in the whole Pixar thing, but I like yeah, it. It was good. But, and yet, Merit, but I just want to say Merida was very, I don't need a man. So if we really want to say. Yeah, but it was what? part of the story that she was specifically supposed to okay, marry. Sure, and okay. Whatever. Marry sorry. And like, <laughs> It's like, you know, yeah. Was John Lasseter out of Pixar by the time this movie came out? I, I don't know the timeline. No, I saw his name. Oh, he's, he's still, still a producer, but he's not. Uh, when did, story. when did, um, oh my gosh. Why can I not think of the name of the movie? The Disney movie with the dog and. Uh, Air Bolt? Bolt. <laughs> Bolt. Sorry. Bolt. <laughs> Bolt was the first Disney movie. That was the first movie when Lasseter went from overseeing Pixar to Disney animation. Um, So ever since Bolt, Lasseter is much more involved in Disney than, than Pixar, but he's still very, he's still involved in Pixar and still a producer on a lot of stuff, but he's not like the, he's not like the head producer, writer, idea guy at all anymore. He's just the producer. He doesn't, he's not really the director anymore of things either. At this point, um, Daniel, what do you think of Cruz Ramirez? I agree with Byron. I think she she could very well be the best character in the entire franchise. Like the arguments, yeah. I mean, among among you know characters with an actual arc, maybe not as much as Luigi and Guido, but, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> among, yeah, even though we character. love we love our Luigi and Guido, that's for sure. Love some racial stereotypes. Oh God. Okay. Um, I will say this. The scene when the scene after Thunder Hollow when she like wins the trophy and and McQueen gets all mad at her and she's all like, You think I just wanted to be a trainer? It's like, well, mm-hmm. okay, probably not. Like, who wants to just well, some people like to be trainer, anyways. 
I was, I was kind of shocked by that scene too. I feel like I was like super like in McQueen's not like side, but just like his mentality in that scene. Cause when she's like, what it, cause okay, here's the thing. I guess we can jump to the next part, which was the thunder hollow scene, which was a fun scene, but yeah, she won, but McQueen basically like saved her in that scene. And she's like, yeah, I always wanted to be a racer and blah, blah, blah. And McQueen's like, he had to like basically teach her how to drive on the beach. And obviously she has potential and skill, but I was just kind of like, I just feel like when she got all mad at him for like saying that to her, I was just like, well, I just thought it was weird that she was a trainer and knew so little about racing. It seemed like. So then I was kind of like, huh, obviously she's fun and funny. And like, by the time they get to the Florida 500 at the end and she's, you know, learned a bunch from a queen and is a good racer, like, yeah, I'm rooting for her and everything, but it took me a little while to like understand her character, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess I will jump ahead a little bit. I think that, I think that's what's missing. What I think is missing from her character is the criticism of McQueen. I think if that, I think that she has to find a lot on her own, which is great, but I think that they're missing the do the two way street of the commentary between generations in a certain way. And they set it up with the technology of the cars and using statistics and things like that. But I don't think, I think it would be more interesting if McQueen learned his lesson through Cruz's, you know, offering to him as opposed to him just, well, it's your one shot. You know, I don't know. I think that Uh. in a certain way, she had a, they set her up to do more than they let her do. yeah, I don't know. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. It does make sense. And that's interesting because even though she might have felt that way about the queen, she didn't come into her own at all until he gave her a chance, which is probably very unrealistic. You know, there are people that push us forward, but I mean, we very seldom win a race because someone pushes us forward because they believe in us. Not something that big. We might get the part, let's say, if you're an actor auditioning, or we might get the job, let's say, if you're just at entry level. But it's it wasn't like she kind of owned her own strength. Remember all the tricks he had to use? Just think of the fluffy cat loud. Right. Pretend you're the, the chasing the bus, you know, Miss Fritter. So yeah. that was weak, in my opinion. Yeah, Lightning like, is still the hero of the movie. Pardon right. me? Lightning is still the hero of the movie. Yeah. But he had he's had to learn to adopt the hero role of the hero teacher mm-hmm. and uh to accept the you know role of being the one who you know raises the next generation or whatever. And you know, the whole the whole franchise is built on this nostalgia, right? Like in the first one, like the highways disappearing from or the highways destroying all these little towns and things like that. And the whole movie just seeps with this. Americana. And I, and I think that it would have been almost in a more of a young adult movie if they would have had the, the two way street of observation about the two different generations, which I think is built into the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it's cars, right? And there, it's, and it's no, G. No, it's, 
Yeah, it's G. So they're not. I think it uh, was one of. Let's see. There's some fun fact I wrote down about how many other G Pixar movies there had been, but there's not many. Anyway, yeah. So maybe you know they're not going for teenagers or tweens necessarily. I mean, but you know, the the stylistically, it looks like you know all those all those movies that Daniel was talking about that came out, Um, Fast and the Furious, and like all the. It's very action. I don't know. It is G and it is cars and they're not going to make big political statements. I get that. But I think that they, I don't know, maybe she needs another movie because I think that she's in a good position to sort of lead the race in a certain way for, for the younger generation, you know? Yeah. Let's leave it there for a second. Cause I want at the end, I want to go back to all this. Don't worry, Byron. I'm glad you said all the stuff you said, um, but we're definitely going to circle back to, to this specific topic at the end um before we move on going back to the new characters a question i have who is the villain or main antagonist because they gave us jackson storm and sterling and i feel like there's a lot of like who are we supposed to be rooting against i don't know what did you guys think of that dynamic you know, I think there was there is maybe no main protagonist, and I think that's a good thing. I think that there's that's a good story. No main that. protagonist or antagonist. Did I say protagonist? You did say protagonist. Okay, I meant I meant antagonist, um, and I'm fine with that because you know, in in a story that's about like Lightning McQueen needs to transition to being a member of the older generation, and like the new generation is not a villain. You know, I mean, you it, you know, it could be like it's not like, well, these these new, uh, the you know, the, these this new generation are all just assholes and 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 deserve to be beaten. Like that's not necessarily the message. Like the new generation is going to come. The new generation is not bad. This is for kids. You don't you know you don't make a villain out of the young generation. <laughs> the kids movie that doesn't make sense. But it's just like I mean, it sort of starts that way. But you're right. Uh, I mean, it felt like it should have been Sterling, I guess. Should have been a dislikable guy, but like they didn't really like, I don't know. I felt like we were supposed to dislike Sterling, but I did. They didn't like really give us a reason why, you know, like he didn't do anything about money. He was trying to make him uh, retire when he didn't want to or. I, I, I just don't I never saw him particularly as a villain a little more at the end, but I mean he was right. just trying, it's just such a reality check, right? There's always somebody that wants to make money off the stars. Uh, you know, he's, he's an opportunist. And uh, you know, I mean McQueen could have made his choices, but then there were so many things that he did do uh when he was famous, when McQueen was famous to um leverage his name and fame. And, uh, you know, publicity opportunities and so forth. So I did not really particularly view him as a um, villain. He, he was an obstacle at the end, you know, when, when they were putting um, Cruz in, changing the numbers of the cars and putting her in the race. And Mater's trying to distract him because he's like, what are you doing? Don't let her do that. You know, but I, I, I didn't think it was a villain. I mean, Storm was clearly the... I would say the strongest of the protagonists and maybe Sterling was a secondary protagonist. And, you know, those, those, those exist. 
antagonist. Rather well. <laughs> it happened uh, again. Antagonist. <laughs> I meant. Okay, I know. Stable. You have to edit that out, Kelly. Yeah. So, um, definitely, he was the secondary antagonist, which actually is good writing. You know, you don't want every evil thing to fall on only one person. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, but I feel like neither character was fully realized as a right, as right. a villain like they don't have to be a straight up villain evil but like antagonist like neither of them were you know you I don't like Storm. i think if so i was too. to pick I... one in a child's mind i think it would be storm sure okay oh but God. in the adult Bigger mind and... i feel like it's more sterling i why why because he's all like, I'm your biggest fan and I bought this company and you're going to do it, man. And look at this amazing facility I bought you in the simulator and you're going to go out and race. Meanwhile, the whole time he doesn't really want him to go race. He just wants to sell mud flaps and make money off of it. He does, so he does deceive him. <laughs> and yeah. Storm is and only a little bit cocky on, on purpose. But otherwise, he's just a good racer. That's true. Storm didn't do anything that Lightning kind of a dick do in the but... first movie. Yeah, being honest. So, but see, you know. that's the point I'm trying to make is like, I just feel like I, I did. I did kind of enjoy this movie, but like that, those two, like I felt. I don't know how to explain it, like watching the movie, I just was like, am I supposed to what am I wait this? I don't know. I just didn't know how to feel about either one. Like I didn't, you know, you don't like either one of them, but I didn't really hate either one of them. And because I wasn't rooting against them, then I wasn't sure. I wasn't rooting for McQueen or Cruz as much, I think, if that makes sense. I don't know. I just feel like they could have picked one. I think I don't the know. whole point of the movie was beat Storm in a race. So, yeah. <sighs> okay. And, and that sure. was something I was thinking about earlier. Is I sort of liked that, like, as opposed to Cars 2, where they seem to want to, again, here we go with Cars 2. They wanted to amp up the scale of it to be, like, literally around the whole globe. Mm-hmm. And it sounded like a great idea. It didn't work out that well, because it turns out, like, what they do best, these Cars movies do best, is races. And, like, this movie went back to where it's all about races and in fact it's all building towards one particular race and so it's sort of smaller scale in a way um which and it was so much more effective because they really focused on the racing or the actiony sequences that they did have and like went all out with them like like i already mentioned the uh demolition derby scene and even the opening race is cool looking and just all of them honestly Oh, I was just gonna say, I think Storm is definitely the villain, but I think he's also like the most underwritten character of the movie. He gets one scene in the beginning, and then they basically have people stand in for him in like a simulation setting. And like Jimmy said, it's all leading up to them getting back to that one race. He has no influence on the structure or the plot or the events of the movie, other than the fact that he (laughs) needs to beat him. So... I think that for me, that's the biggest antagonist because if he doesn't beat him, then you know he's just going to retire with Sterling and sell mud flaps. Um, but at the same time, it's you see him talk like five times. Storm, you know, he says nothing. There's no real development other than the fact that he's a cool, sexy car that goes faster than everybody else. Well, he, he does put down um, Lightning McQueen. You know, says uh, it's very nice to beat you. You know, yeah, but that's like, all the very it, that's just one part at the beginning, like Byron's saying. Right, right. I th- yeah. I I think they could have completely eliminated the Natalie Certain character. 
don't need her in the story. And instead of her coming on talking about stats, then they could have just had the chick because it does happen once where Chick Hicks interviews Jackson Storm after a race. Yeah, they could have instead of too. Yeah, but instead of interviewing Natalie Certain a bunch, they could have just had Chick Hicks interviewing Jackson Storm winning a yeah. bunch of races that we see on the side next to uh, McQueen training to like build up the race. Yes, it's like it should be like Rocky, like you yeah. see Trevor Lang like knocking fools out the whole fucking exactly. movie, and then he's yeah. got to go, he's got to go beat his ass at the end. Like, exactly. They should have also the fact that they got Army Hammer to voice him. Like Army Hammer's like pretty famous guy, and like he has, like you say, like I feel like he barely had any lines. Army Hammer, <laughs> just like the the other thing too is they got Nathan Fillion to be Sterling, and Nathan Fillion always kind of plays that like cheeky, like yeah, I'm pretty cool, I'm your best friend, but then he's like kind of a dick. That's like his character. So I. So knowing that about Nathan Fillion's characters, I'm like, okay, he's probably going to be a guy you're not going to want to like. But then he's also like, I don't know. But I agree. I think I think the movie definitely would have benefited from them amping up the Jackson Storm character a bit more. Just spending a little bit more time on him being like, yeah, I'm super I'm the best racer and I'm going to beat McQueen. I don't know. You're right. That Natalie Certain was like originally supposed to be a larger character they got cut out or something yeah it just seems that would make more sense that would make some sense if that was true yeah anyways all right well let's move on um we mentioned the um the scene at thunder hollow a few times but what do we think about that scene i thought it was a really fun scene i thought it was well animated i thought it was fun in action i liked the music i just thought it was a fun you know, just action scene, I guess. I don't know. What did you guys think of the Thunder Hollow scene? Well, I I enjoyed the sort of surprise when I went to myself, I said to myself, uh-oh, this is a demolition <laughs> derby. Uh, you know, at the beginning when he said, oh, there's a racetrack there, remember? And so they all go there and Mac, the truck takes them there. And, you know, they're supposed to be on their way to Florida and they jump onto the track and then they get locked in. You're on a track. The gate gets locked, you know, and they're stuck there. And so that was good, I thought. And and it was so colorful and different from everything else we'd seen, right? Racing with its clean lines and predictable things and all the great uh, people in the pit and everything. This, this was just mayhem. It was insane and funny. And kind of a kind of a put down to people that like that. If I was a demolition derby people, I would be like, they're making fun of us in this movie. They, you know, they weren't very kind to to the audience members that might really enjoy that. It made it sound like a bunch of Yahoo idiots. Uh, anyway, I, I, think, I like I think the people scene. Feel, feel I think people might feel very seen by that. Feel very, what? Like people, seen. People, some people might feel people very seen and enjoy enjoy that. See, I was it was a good scene. I lo- I thought so too. Interesting. I didn't yeah. think it was going to be at first. It's like, all right, they're going to accidentally get mistaken for this thing. Like he, you know, Mc- like New Queen goes in in disguise. You know <laughs> that the disguise is going to come off. Uh-huh. You know, obviously, <laughs> like hundred and one Dalmatians. Obviously, yeah. And, and <laughs> that then, never works. And they're going to get out somehow. But then, like Miss Fritter and the whole. You know the the uh, 
like the uh, the buzzsaw stop sign. That's the one yeah. thing that was really scary to me. If I was yeah. a child, I'd be like, oh, no, that really bothered me. Yeah. It was so violent. You know, it could have been. Anyway, it's funny. Yeah. Well, so wait, I thought it what was, was the name of this place, Kelly, again? Thunder, Thunder Hollow. Hollow. Thunder Hollow. Thunder Hollow. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, like I said earlier, I thought the animation was just super on point. I thought it, and not only the animation, but the editing and like Byron, well, sorry, the directing and like Byron pointed out the editing as well. Just very captivating and like uh, mud spraying in your face, cars jumping over one another. This is where we see the Toy Story truck, by the way. Uh, it's and the here. Pixar ball. Yeah, there's a Pixar ball spray painted on one of the cars. And there's some other like random Pixar ball sightings like on a shelf in some random scene. But yeah, no, the Toy Story truck is straight up an actual car in this demolition derby and gets pounded and the rocket flies into the car audience and they're like, I got it. Yeah, it's a pretty, it's a pretty, yeah, it's a pretty overt sighting in this movie as far as the. Toy Story. Did, did I say Pixar truck? Toy Story truck. <laughs> it's oh, the Pixar truck, though, too. Really. <laughs> I know, but it's from Toy Story. For a second, I thought you were talking about the dirt track that they end up at. Uh, the old dirt track um, that he ends up at. Oh, yeah. That has a name, but I don't I don't remember what it is. What do you think of uh, Demolition Derby, Byron? You know, when it when the whole thing starts and it's like the fireworks and like it's just sequenced really well. You know, it's just I don't know. It was like a good blend of like exciting and humor. Uh, overall, I thought it was probably the most fun uh, on. Actually, it's the it's on par with when they're going in, in between like the tractor sheep um, in terms of being like really dynamic in terms of the animation. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I actually liked uh, Miss Fritter. I thought she was funny. I liked all her pyro, too. That was super cool. I thought she was fun. And I love how she looks. She's, like, so scary and intense in the scene. But then, like, you know, then at the very end of the scene, it's revealed that it's Lightning McQueen all along. And then, then it's the scene with Cruz in the truck. But then, like, I think it's during the last part during the race at the Florida 500 that they talk about how he was oh we haven't seen mcqueen since he like his guest appearance at the demolition derby at thunder hollow and then the like cut to like the cars from thunder hollow like in a bar and and miss fritters and miss fritters are like they said thunder hollow like i love you mcqueen i just think it's funny that she was so intense and scary but she's like really just like a fangirl i thought was funny (laughs) does she remind you though a very hard ass kind of fat bus driver lady you ever knew. Totally for me. <laughs> I rode the bus for all the way until high school. Oh yeah, that might be what they're going for. Yeah. I'm I mean, yes, I'm sure. Horrible, but, you know, get the yeah. hell in the back. I did yeah, like cool. her chain like going up to her nose too, or her car. Not her nose. I guess it's her grill. Is that what a fender? What do you call? I don't know. What, I don't know anything about cars. <laughs> uh, anyways. Um, okay. So let's talk about the main theme. We've already kind of touched on it, but the real main theme of this movie, you know, when we first meet McQueen in cars one, he's, you know, hot headed, new fast race car. Doesn't really care about anyone but himself. 
And in this movie, you know, he still loves to win the race, but, you know, he's become pals with the other race cars at the beginning of the movie. He's happy in what he's got, Um, but he's getting old and the new ones, new race cars are coming in and beating him. And he has to come to terms with that. You know, everyone gets to that point in their life, right? Is it time for me to finally retire, move on to the next part of my life? Like, am I really getting old? Um, So how did you what did you guys think about that? the theme and and that side of that's a big that's really the big part of the movie right there so it's a good theme it's the it's the correct theme for the movie that, that, that's the best thing i can say about it is it a good teacher movie kelly we'll get there oh <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah i think you're right daniel i think it is the correct theme for multiple reasons my mom was sort of hinting at how people who were kids when they saw the uh, Cars 1 would now be significantly older seeing this one so there's something about getting older there with just the audience who may have fell in love with it when they were kids and then like I've already mentioned like sort of echoing the theme of the first one like okay. sort of uh, revering the old and sort of the theme of um, saving or preserving the old and I don't know the fact that they still had um, what's his name again Paul uh, you know, Newman, you know, Paul Newman. They still Paul had Newman. Paul Newman in this movie, even though he had already passed. And they actually used like old recordings of his voice from the first movie and from some of the recordings he did for the video game. And they worked him into the story just so. I mean, he's dead at this point, you know, in the timeline, but they just are putting him there just to make the point of remember the greats, essentially. Uh, so, yeah, I think uh, the the theme of, you know, it being a noble and like heroic pursuit to be a teacher and that getting older can be just as important and rewarding, you know, old age can be just as rewarding as your youth. Um, I think it sort of matches those themes well, that the franchise already sort of started with the first movie. I think the movie was very fair to both an older generation and a younger generation. And maybe that's why, come to think of it, there wasn't a super strong villain. You know, because what's his name? The um, <sighs> the guy, you know, the bad guy, Jackson Storm, uh, was a new deal, right? And all the technology and the confidence and... And so it's very threatening to older people when they're being pushed out because of the young and the new, and it's all changed so much. And um, maybe that's why they didn't make them too terribly bad. But um, I thought I thought that the theme was very good. And there's multiple themes, not only just about you know kind of respecting the past, but also taking chances and growing into your own future, making it happen. Uh, which I think was really important in the um, Cruz Ramirez storyline. And um, there wasn't too much nostalgia, but kind of a lot. There were museums to these guys in the past and all of this, and not a whole lot of sort of endearment or embracing of the future, even though they said to the future, right? Did you guys hear that phrase several times? There was something about for the future, to the future. 
I just remember I that. I didn't catch stuff. that, but it I would did. make sense. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Because definitely times. teaching and mentorship is mm-hmm. definitely a theme. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's all. Yeah. I think that, you know, I think the movie would have been, you know, maybe a little bit more adult, so it wouldn't be rated G or maybe it just wouldn't have worked. But I think that they missed the opportunity to have the younger generation really show up for themselves. And, you know, I don't know if that's didactic or not. Um, You know, there's a lot of hands in these Pixar pots. So who's to say why they made that decision? But I think they missed it. Uh, And maybe they will in the future if they make another Cars movie, because even though it's for kids, I think we keep talking about the time that separates the first movie and this movie. And so those kids, the, the ones that are 10, aren't really kids anymore by any means. That's true. You know? Oh, yeah, you're right. Um, but as far as, you know, the, another theme that I sort of latched onto, and it, it kind of sounds morbid, but I'll explain it, is that, you know, the last lesson that your elders teach you is how to pass on. And I don't mean literally in terms of the physical way. I mean, in terms of what you leave behind, the legacy and what it means to no longer be in this realm. And so I think McQueen comes to process that with Doc and realize that his next chapter is what he's going to leave behind with Cruz. And I think that, you know, there is that sort of passing the baton aspect of the movie and of the characters. But again, I think it, um, I think they set themselves up so well with the technology, the stats and these younger hot cars. I think finding the common ground between them through an honest and open dialogue would have been more interesting rather than having McQueen just be the one who saves the day and gets her out of her head. And I don't know, there's, there seems to be just a little bit too much nostalgia rather than forward thinking for me with this entire franchise. And that's just me personally. That's really interesting, Byron. And you're right. We could have had young, other younger voices, you know, speaking kind of along with Cruz in some way, just about, well, this is a new world. You know, don't make fun of these simulators. This is how it works. You know, this is going to help you instead of just the evil voice, which is what's his name. I keep forgetting that guy's name, you know, Jackson Storm. That's really a quite provocative um, point that you've made. And you're right. I mean, I know that I, 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 I read a quote by one of the directors of the film and um, he, he was talking about, um, you know, how his kids influenced the movie, influenced the, the movie so much because they, uh, he, he didn't want his daughters to ever be afraid to try something because they think that they're not going to be good at it. So in a way, I wonder if that's what the director thought the theme was. But I think that the thematic of old versus young, you know, new versus established, uh, you know, old fashioned versus, you know, let's try something crazy is a bigger theme personally. Yeah. And, you know, I'll let someone else talk soon. But, I, you know, even the four years that separates the release of Cars 3 to now, I think they would have made a different movie now mm-hmm. with social media and the way that mm-hmm. it would be different now. Yeah. That's oh, something that's... I was going to bring up earlier with Cruz as a character is 
And the last scene in the last race, when she finally gets out there racing and Jackson storm goes up to her and she, he's like, you don't belong here. And I think she says the the car said that to her when she says, when she went to her very first race, but then she kind of chickened out. She was like, yeah, they were all looking at me like I didn't belong there. And I was watching that going, are they trying to hint at the fact she's female or just because she's a rookie and doesn't belong there? And, but to Byron's point, I think they were going more for a rookie, but if they made this movie today, it would have been much more stronger on the female side of it. I think for sure they would have really honed in more like, Oh yeah. Female, like you can't do it because you're a girl. And she'd be like, I can do anything I want. I just think it would have been stronger. Her last name is Cruz. I mean, yes. Her last name potential. Her last name is Ramirez. Her first name is Cruz. Either way. (laughs) Yes. Either way, yes. And there's like a class thing there too. Class and race sort of tied, uh, all implied by the name, but also sort of, yeah, I think that sort of you don't belong here is like a race sort of thing. Uh, Also sex though. I don't mean to say that it's not like you're a girl, but I think there is like a class implication there too, for sure. But see, again, I do think, agree they just chose to name her Cruz Ramirez which hints at that but to Byron's point if they made it today they would have maybe been stronger on that side and pushing all that social stuff that's going on right now than they did back in 2017 it's like yeah she's Cruz Ramirez she only has one scene where she even talks in an accent when she's like these are my tires Juanita, Ricardo, whatever she says their names are. And she finally talks in an accent, and I'm like, okay, here we go. But that's it. So it's like, yeah, you decided to name her Cruz Ramirez, which is good. I mean, the actress is Hispanic, but you don't really hint at it. And again, you're like, okay, they're trying to be G, but, you know, we're here trying to criticize this movie for being a good movie, and it just would have been better if they tried to go in onto that more. You know, there's... They have Sorry. Cheech, you know, who's Ramon, who's the painter, and he right. and he has a really heavy accent, man. I mean, yeah, but that's also just uh, well, like, that's just yeah. that actor. What's his name? Cheech, Cheech. Marin. Cheech, he's yeah, like Cheech. that in everything. <laughs> Cheech. I know. No, there was what I mean this... is that I didn't really ever think of her as Hispanic at all. No. It wasn't until yeah. I kind of went online at one point and said, "Who's that actress?" You know, she does a really good job as a performer in this film and to realize that she she is you know a latina and anyways they did not make much of that and in terms she is kind of a feminist hero in a way you know she's a woman that overcomes a lot to realize herself and actually that's a human hero in my opinion men women Mm -hmm. whatever to overcome the obstacles the the naysayers the negative thinking the oppression and become your potential is beyond gender. Um, but I do think that, especially maybe even in 2017, which was really recent history, that this uh, was empowering for girls and women. Absolutely. Especially thinking about how much the first movie, and I assume the second movie, must have been driven by not only McQueen and Mater which are such like, you know, braggadocious dudes or like dumb redneck dudes. Yeah. It's definitely a turning point for the franchise to have a young rookie girl, be, you know, 
uh, take charge and find herself. Uh-huh. I finally remembered the girl's name from Cars 2, and I swear I didn't Google it. I just what? remembered it. Her name is Holly Shiftwell. <laughs> oh. oh, yeah. It's like a James Bond name. That's terrible. Yeah. Well, yeah, the whole Cars 2 or... is about being James yeah, for... Bond, Byron. No, That's funny. I, I, was, I was about to say you should just watch it, but actually don't waste no. your time. That's really <laughs> impressive that you actually well because she yeah. was talking about like feminists and i was like who are the real like female characters even in the cars franchise and of course we have sally who's really only a main character in the first one and then i was then i just finally remembered holly Shiftwell, who is a main character in the second one as a female but she's not like quite your like hero gung-ho type person like cruz we Ramirez just can't in this. stop talking I'm about cars this about cars anyways think of is cars too okay um before we we finish up some final thoughts here there are a good amount of songs in this movie, some pop songs, just like the other Cars movies. And I gotta say, definitely the best of the Cars uh, soundtrack. I got, I think it's the best. Does anyone have a particularly favorite song from this movie? I'll tell you which song I enjoyed the most. I don't know it. I don't know if it's popular. I don't know if it was on the country hits, you know, parade, but I love the song at the end. Ride called Ride by ZZ Ward featuring Gary Clark Jr. What do you think about that? Fine, I like it. <laughs> ride, 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 burr, 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 ride. I agree. It's it's a, it's a fun song. It's a fun song. I got it. I I I actually kind of like the very first song, Run That Race. It's a little like too poppy. But I really like the Black Keys and the the lead singer of the Black Keys did that song. And I just like their sound. But actually, my favorite song that like made me kind of perk up, you know, because I kind of went through like, oh, I'm into this movie getting a little bored. Oh, I'm into it. Um, One part was when they meet up with the older race cars, which we didn't even talk about when they go find Smokey and the other three cars. I can't remember their names, but um, they're in that like bar and there's like a band on the stage and they do a cover of Glory Days by Bruce Springsteen. Yes, and I was it. really into song. that cover. That's the song. First of all, Bruce Springsteen, of course, but specifically that cover is really cool and it's, it's a, a female. Cover. It's a good moment. I agree. Yeah. They Some also like the whole inflections in that <laughs> brought out yeah. the syncopation. That was good. That was I, good. I didn't hear what you said, Daniel. Say it again. I'm sorry. There, there were there were there were gospel inflections. There were like some oh. gospel backup vocals and and like syncopation that you would associate with that. Yeah, it was a good. That was a good I cover. That was a good yeah. cover. All the all the Cars movies get the benefit in the way that like if you have Cars moving and a decent beat song with like a, with a guitar going, it's probably going to be all right. You know what I mean? We've been conditioned <laughs> yeah. by car commercials and road trips. Something's moving fast, and the song is a little catchy. <laughs> I mean, yeah. 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 You're right. Running down the road. Is that what you're doing? Yeah. That's what I was trying to do, yeah. 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 Ye
Running down a dream. Never would have come to me. That song? Working on mystery. Running down a dream. Oh, Tom Petty. Look, you want Tom Petty all day. Uh, yeah. Daniel, did you have a favorite song? Was it the Glory Days? Yeah, I'll go with the I'll go with the Glory Days. Yeah, I do love the way that singer uh, has different inflections of it. Pass me by, Glory. She goes higher. Anyways, I like it. All right, so we're getting to the end of the movie, and we we talked on all these points, and we mentioned the theme of you know getting older, retiring. Daniel asked me, "Is this a good teacher movie?" And here's what I think could have maybe made this. I don't want to say made the movie better necessarily, because I don't know if what I'm about to say maybe is actually going to make the movie better. But I think it would have given us a better full er- character arc through the three movies for Lightning McQueen is when they're training at the dirt, the dirt road with the old guys right before he goes to Florida and he's been training and training. Cruz keeps beating him. And you think he's about to finally beat Cruz right before he leaves. But then Cruz beats him. And everyone's just like still in shocked. And he's like, okay, guys, well, I'm going to go try to win this race. Don't you kind of think at that moment he should have maybe turned it over to her? Like, he's still like, well, no, it's still kind of about me. I'm still going to go. He doesn't really have that attitude necessarily, but he's still like, okay, I'm going to go race. And he does teach her a lot in the movie. He teaches her at the beach. He helps her out at the Thunder Hollow. He's, you know, takes her to meet Smokey, teaches her about Doc Hudson and all that stuff. But he doesn't really accept this full mentor role. Even at the very end, when she does finally race and win and everyone's like, okay, McQueen, you said you were going to decide when you were going to stop racing. And then at the very end, that would have been the perfect moment, especially when he finally gets up there and is like literally on the headset telling her stuff, like just like Doc Hudson does at the end of the first movie. I feel like that would have been the perfect moment for McQueen to go, you know what? I won this race technically because they both win it somehow. Um, and I really enjoyed being on the headset with her and tell and being her mentor. I'm happy to say this was my last race. I'm happy to introduce Cruz Ramirez and I'm happy to be her new coach, but he doesn't do that. He says, yeah, Cruz is the new face of Dynaco, but I'm, and he gets the other rich guy to buy, Rusty's and he's still also racing with her, but still kind of her mentor. I just thought it was not fully realized. And I just think it would have, maybe it's cliche, but especially since he comes out with a new paint job, looking all like Doc Hudson, like why are you looking like Doc Hudson, but not actually being this mentor Doc Hudson that McQueen clearly looks he looks up to so much in this movie. He's reminiscing no. on Doc Hudson so hard. He's the new Doc Hudson. He's the new Doc Hudson. For but sure. why is he still racing? Like, why did they have this whole theme of retirement and moving on? And he's still, was it just because of the little kids? They didn't want the little kids to think McQueen was done or something. I don't know. That's, uh, that's yeah. my soapbox. The, that's my soapbox. I thought first the lady was... just better storytelling that he makes that decision later when the stakes are down or the stakes More are dramatic. High. Yeah, yeah, it's just a little more dramatic. And, 
you know what? I know that she won him when they were on that practice track and stuff, but in my mind, it didn't matter. It was all about if he was going to win, if McQueen was going to win. You know, so when he makes the change and decides to give her the chance, it's a it was a big deal to me. It's like, wow. You know, look how gracious that is. Look how phenomenal. Yeah, that's that's so, not what I'm talking I, about, though. I'm talking I'm about the sorry. very end. They win the race. He yes. lets her go. They win the race. And at the very end of the movie, he's still a race car, even though Cruz is also now a race car racing. He's not, if he doesn't end that race going, I'm retired. He ends the race going, I'm, I'm, I'm going to mentor Cruz, but I'm also still racing races. Even though he looks like Doc Hudson. Yeah, I was kind of a put that together. I think that I, I agree. The, the, the ending should have been he completely becomes a trainer. Uh, yeah. In one, way, in one form or another, that should bother have been. me, I guess. It That's like the natural me. ending to me. No, like, yeah, he, it's true. Like, it's a little. The race is just, it's, it's, it's just like a cop out. I, I mean, maybe it's predictable that he finally gets up there. Like he lets her rate, take his spot. He fi- He's telling Smokey what to tell her. And then finally Smokey's like, you just got up here, which is predictable, but you want him to do that. And he's on the headset with her and everything. And he helps her win the race. And then at the end of the race, the paparazzi's like, what are you going to do next? What are you going to do next? Are you going to finally retire? And like, and he's all about, I decide when I retire. Yeah. And I just feel like that would have get a good moment for him to finally be, you know what? I'm not going to retire from racing, but I'm not going to race anymore. I'm going to be her mentor. I'm going to be her coach. So he's still involved in racing, but he's not an actual racer. And then that would, and I feel like that would have given Cruz a bigger send off as our hero. Cause that, that goes back to like, yeah, she won the race, but he's also still out there, you know, with her all at competing against her. It doesn't, I don't, it just doesn't make sense. Okay. So as an older person, um, you know, your audience may know this and I'm well into my sixties. There's something so powerful about saying, I will end this or retire on my own terms. Mm. I will not be forced out. I mean, that's strength, right? That takes something. So maybe it's fair to kind of that thinking, right? That he's, he's gonna, and there was a phrase that they used in the film. I wish I could recall it, but you know, I'll, I'll tell you when I'm going to go. You know, I, I don't know. Maybe that was, I don't think it's necessarily that Pixar has to make an appeal to grandparents, which is my age group, so to speak. But uh, there's something about that he you know, is going to do it on his own terms. It's interesting. I hadn't thought about that. And, you know, they do have to satisfy the two generations in a way. Um, one thing I will say about the ending is that he still looks like McQueen with a really dumb dock paint job. Like <laughs> I, it was a dumb looking car. I don't know. I was I just, it was a little weird. It did make me feel a it little uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. It's just it like was pretty just, silly. Yeah. I don't know. I agree. That's also why it's confusing. in what I was saying, like, are you trying to be Doc Hudson or not Doc Hudson? Like, are you a mentor? Are you retired? Are you not retired? Like it just was. Yeah. I don't think it worked exactly the way they were hoping it did. I mean, I thought it was going to end differently than it did. So they did catch me, like my mom said, they did catch me a little off guard by him saying, no, you do it. 
because I thought it was going to be his redemption story. Yeah. But in a way, it's, you know, and like, it, it was clear that it was going to be a, a passing of the baton thing. But I think when she came out in that Dynaco, you know, paint job, I was like, oh, shit, look at that. Like, a new hotshot. Like, here we go. They, you know, they actually did it. Cars but, 4. Yeah, here comes 4, which is probably going to be out in like five years. But you know what's so funny Maybe, is yeah. I would actually want to see Cars 4 <laughs> if it was about Cruz Ramirez and him being this old, wise Doc Hudson y character. Obviously, he wouldn't be as old and wise and as great as the Paul Newman Doc Hudson character. But to see McQueen go from hotshot, egotistical rookie from Cars 1 to what he did in this movie to then finally becoming this true mentor. Mark my I words. Would think Mark would my be words. An interesting when movie. Owen Wilson is wearing diapers, they're going to make another Cars movie. I guarantee <laughs> you. Guarantee. Um, I'm sorry. They got to get they got to get Luke Wilson involved with I know somehow, movies. right? The uh, brother emerges out of the woodwork. He should play the the villain or the Ooh. the car that that Cruz is up against. That's and then, fine. And that's fine. All right. So before we do final, final thoughts, now that we've officially gotten through all the Cars movies and it's been a rocky ride with a lot of opinions, what do we all think is the best Cars movie? We're going to go around in a circle. So, Jimmy, what's the best Cars movie? Uh, I kind of knew you were going to ask this. I mean, before the email, uh, I just I was thinking about it myself and it's really hard to choose so i'm stalling for time and um no the truth is i want to pick this one because i think there's something that's more fun about this one than the first one it's definitely not the second even though i can't stop talking about it uh but the first one i just don't like that they're stuck in radiator springs for so long i think you're supposed to really like it there and like find everyone so charming and quirky but I liked this a lot more. Um, so I, I'm going to go with this one. Okay, that's one for Cars 3. Byron, what do you think? I mean, you didn't see Cars 2, but like, obviously we all know it's not Cars 2. <laughs> um, really, Cars really, 3. really influencing the vote here, Kel. <laughs> <laughs> really, really, really influencing us. If Mater was the star of Cars 2, then it is definitely not Cars 2. So I'm going to say Cars 3. But my real answer is whatever movie they have at Disneyland and Cars Land, that is the best Cars movie. What are you talking about? Is there a movie at Disneyland? Whatever <laughs> animation exists at Disneyland is better oh. than the time that you spend watching these movies. That's what oh, I, I, I will say what's the <laughs> best part of Cars is that Cars Land is a place you can go in California Adventure. Right. Exactly. Which you wouldn't have without cars one but i'm getting ahead of myself i guess yeah. um yeah. who's next cynthia what's your favorite cars movie or what's the best cars movie yeah i i i saw them all and i do think that cars three is is the best i and the animation blew me away the story was um you know it, it was exciting and the spectacle of the racing and the development of the characters yeah cars three has my vote Daniel? I think this one probably appeals to the sensibilities of people like us the most of the franchise. I think that's why we pick it and why it's our favorite. I think Cars 3 probably appeals to our sensibilities the most. 
in terms of the style and the writing and stuff. And that's why we pick it. And if I was absolutely forced to, I'd probably watch this one again instead of the first one, if I had a choice. Just in terms of if I was going to watch it. So I might I might go with this. Yeah, I mean, unanimously, this is the best one. I definitely related to this one the most. I was most interested in it. I thought that the story they were trying to tell was more captivating Granted, you wouldn't have this without Cars 1. There is a lot of fun and beauty in Cars 1, but I I've watched like I said I watched this twice this last week leading up to this and I was, you know, I was kind of bored at the beginning of this and then, you know, my interest peaked and dipped and stuff. And then when I knew what the movie was and what the story was, when I watched it the second time, I was much more invested and I picked up on a lot more little things about each character. So I would say if you guys all watch this the second, third time, it's going to get better and better. Whereas Cars 1, I've watched a couple times and, you know, it's enjoyable, but it doesn't necessarily get better and better. Whereas I think this movie on multiple rewatches is going to get better and better. So I'm going to go with Cars 3. All right. Before final thoughts, Jimmy, do you have any more fun facts you want to share with us? Um, yeah, I mean, let's see. I talked about some of the fun facts already. Let's see what else we didn't say. Um, so when she's training the uh, new millennial cars on the treadmills, Cruz is. Mm-hmm. She's playing music for one car that reminds him of home. And it's uh, that like oh, yeah, sort mariachi. of like mariachi. Uh-huh. And I mean, I don't really know what that's supposed to be saying about race. Just like a joke that he's from Mexico or something. But anyway, the fun fact is that the scene is from Coco. And the car uh-huh. comes from Santa Cecilia where Coco took place. Uh-huh. So it's an Easter egg. Which all of these Pixar movies do, right? Yeah. Um, let's see what else. Uh, those two old car guys are voiced by these two guys who did this car show called Car Talk on NPR, and one of the guys died. So they used old uh, transcripts from Car Talk to find lines for him to say, and um, I guess they like signed off with their typical thing that they used to sign off on that show. So that was kind of cool. I didn't know that. One of the new racers is number 31, sponsored by Triple Dent Gum. That commercial that's all annoying and inside out. So that's kind of another fun little Pixar Easter egg. Um, there's a poster from By and Large at the end from Wally. The sound of the treadmill booting up when they take it to the beach is like the Apple sound when it goes like, ah, when the Apple boots up. And it's the same sound that Wally makes when he boots up. So another Pixar reference. Oh, there's uh, more than 65 different individual racers in this movie. Uh, Cars had 36 racers and Cars 2 only had 11. Uh, Apparently, now this might be a bullshit one. You you guys tell me. But apparently Mac, which I guess is the big truck, Mm -hmm. drives through Arlo's family farm from The Good Dinosaur. I did see something where people were like, Maybe that's supposed to be Arlo's farm, but it's never been officially confirmed. So that's a possibility of truth. (laughs) That would put a big hole in the whole Pixar theory thing, right? That would. Well, it could be like his ancient, it could be like ancient ruins of a farm. I don't know. 
Oh yeah, good point. Uh, <laughs> this is the eighth apparently Pixar film to be scored by Randy Newman. Oh. After Toy Story, Bugs Life, Toy Story Two, Monsters Inc., Cars, Toy Story Three, and Monsters University. Um, Fillmore's license plate is fifty one two three seven, which is the birthday of George Carlin, the original voice of Fillmore. This is the first and only film to date in the Cars franchise that's not directed by John Lasseter, since he chose to direct Toy Story 4 instead. Mm-hmm. Kind of interesting. Lightning says wow eight times throughout the film. <laughs> <laughs> wow! This is the eighth theatrically released animated trequel after Pokemon 3, the movie Spell of the Unknown. Rugrats Go Wild, Shrek the Third, Ice Age Dawn of the Dinosaurs, Toy Story 3, Madagascar 3, Europe's Most Wanted, and Kung Fu Panda 3. <laughs> wow. That is wow. just not good company. I'm, ta- I'm telling you. Wait, wait, wait. What was that? Madagascar 3, Europe's <laughs> Most Wanted? Is that the yes. title you said? Are we, are we what? That's a movie? That was <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that's so funny <laughs> and um last but li- not least i should have saved the lightning one for the last one but it says uh this is the first pixar film to b- be released on 4k ultra hd blu-ray wow wow very cool <laughs> very all fun. right guys thank you for those fun facts it is officially time for our three-minute final thoughts and letter grades, Jimmy, start us off. Um, yeah, I was kind of like going into this, like nervous about what I'd really say about this movie because I don't have a lot of super strong opinions. Um, apparently, it's my favorite Cars movie, so I guess I like it more than the other ones. But that's not a strong opinion, really. It just kind of ends up that way. So yeah, not a lot to say. I think we talked about it. I think like Byron putting out a good point. There's more room or potential for like messages about feminism or class opportunity or even maybe race or something with the sort of Hispanic thing uh, that they didn't go into. So it's like a little disappointing, but I also really kind of like how light and fun this movie is. Um, It was a little enjoyable to watch in that regard. There wasn't like parents dying or some terrible Pixar tragedy associated with it, really. I mean, except for like remembering Doc Hudson, I guess, maybe. But well, lightning's crash is supposed to be kind of intense. Anyway, um, yeah, I like things about it. I dislike things about it. I think I end up at just like a B minus. Like, I don't think it's bad, really. It's better than the other ones. Uh, but I don't think it's really great either. So B minus. That's all I can really say. All right, Byron. I don't really like this franchise, and that's okay. I can look at this movie on its own merits. I think as a movie, I give it like just as a uh, you know two hour thing. I give it like a C minus, like I or I give it a C. I give it a C. Like it does it does the thing that a movie's supposed to do. You know, it's structured well. It's well animated. It has a few jokes. Okay, I'll give it a C. Um, I think overall, though, uh, Cars as a franchise puts um, puts boxes on things where I don't think they need to be, and I think it has it has a lot of potential to to say something 
better. And I don't really expect them to comment on race and femininity really. But what I also would hope they didn't do is put people in the boxes the way that they do. So that's just my sort of overall note for the franchise. But as a movie, I think that, yeah, I mean, they, they, they did the thing, you know, I got to give Pixar credit. This movie was way more entertaining than I thought it was going to be. I really didn't look forward to putting pressing play on this one. I waited for like an hour before I did. Um, and then like halfway through, I was like, okay, I'm not going to die with this one. Um, so I give it a C, C for cars. <laughs> Super cool. Super okay. All right, Cynthia. I liked this movie actually. I mean, I liked it more than I disliked it. I would give this movie a B minus or a B. Um, it was above average for movies, you know. In the in the Pixar universe, it's not as high as others that I've really, really enjoyed. But um I I thought the movie was 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 good i think that you know if i had young children at the time that this came out in 2017 they would have really enjoyed it and there would have been something to chew on with them to talk about and to remember and to laugh about and so on its own merit aside from every movie in the universe you know just on its own merit i think i'm going to go with a b minus so not just an average film but you know Pretty creative. Uh, yeah. I, I really like Cruz Ramirez's character. And uh, I think that's influencing me greatly because I just so admired how they introduced her and she, uh, you know, had a significant role in the film. So B minus from this corner. All right. Daniel. I didn't love the movie. Um, it seems like none of us really did. I thought, you know, it's, uh, what was it like? It wasn't as bad as I was prepared for it to be. It wasn't like just a sheer toy commercial. Um, <laughs> you know, they did try and, and, and make a story. Um, but the ending with the splitting of the race thing, I, I rubbed me the wrong way. And you know what? There were a lot of segments of this movie that like were kind of dull. And I was like taking out my phone. Like the whole, like when he goes to the other racetrack, we didn't even talk about that sequence like the Chris Cooper character. Like there's a lot of just like kind of dull, predictable stuff to me in this movie. And the ending was kind of a cop out that said, you know, the, the story in the is, is not, there's nothing like majorly like cringe inducingly bad about it either. And it's just like, okay, you know, I saw it and I don't, I, I don't, it's not a movie that I really, that I really have like an hour worth of material to say i'm gonna i'm gonna go like c plus just because i think it's it's at the the shallower end of the pixar pool but it's not a bad movie overall yeah i i did surprisingly enjoy watching it i was pretty entertained the whole time more than the other two and like i said when i watched it the second time i was way more into it even though I wasn't too sure about Cruz Ramirez the first time, I do really like her. And I agree that she's probably the most interesting character in the entire franchise. I do like watching McQueen's arc from, you know, egotistical rookie from the first one to now mentor. I wish that it was more fully realized. I wish we, you know, like we already said, I wish Jackson Storm had been more of an antagonist. That would have made me root, root for McQueen and Cruz more, I think. 
I didn't really say this earlier. I really love how much they were making an ode to Doc Hudson because Luke, um, not, I was going to say Luke Wilson. No, Paul Newman. Paul Newman kind of has a special place in my heart. Um, because my mom, I will never forget my mom, like bought cool hand Luke. That's why I was going to say Luke. Cause my mom bought cool hand Luke on DVD back in the day. And like, it was one of our family movie nights made me and Daniel watch it. Cause she loves Paul Newman. She loved that movie. So as a kid, I always like grow, grew up knowing who Paul Newman is. Not a lot of people do. He's also in the sting. I think I really like that movie. And it was just really cool that they got him to be Doc Hudson in the first movie. That's probably one of my favorite parts about the first movie. And I actually got kind of emotional when they finally meet Smokey and he takes him to the room and they show him all the pictures that Doc Hudson was sending Smokey about McQueen. And I don't know, that just, I don't know, got me in the feels. So I did enjoy this movie a lot. Um, And it's definitely the best Cars movie. So I'm going to give this a solid B, I think. Definitely not not an A range. I almost want to give it a B plus because of the feels, but I don't actually think it really should deserve that plus. So I'm going to give it a solid B. So there we have it. Definitely the highest rated Cars movie. You guys want to know what you rated all the other ones? <laughs> well, can I just say really quick, you know what, what they did lose is all the weird tongue shit. There was no tongue shit. Thank yes. God. Yeah. I was going to say that at some point. Uh, I'm so glad you said it. There's, you haven't seen Cars 2, but you there's didn't even see Cars 2. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't even very see Cars 2. Oh. No, Did anyone I'm have never, a clocker on how much time we spent on this podcast talking about Cars 2? <laughs> cars you know 50%. what? I think I think it matters because Cars 2 was such a disappointment that it was just so refreshing to see a good movie, good enough movie that helped, dealt with these Cars characters. A bounce like, back prequel is not very a very common. It does happen. I mean, <laughs> it's true. It's true. I can't think of another. Well, I guess sort of... Uh, uh, what is it? Revenge of the Sith was way better than Attack of the Clones. That's true. Mm, That's yeah. true. But anyways, I'm going to tell you what you guys rated all of them. So, Jimmy, you gave the first Cars a C. Yeah. You gave Cars 2 a C-, and you gave Cars a B, Cars 3 a B-. You think that seems yeah, accurate? Yeah, B-, minus, C+. Plus. I don't know where I really stand on Cars 3, but yeah. It's better than the other. I think that's pretty right. Pretty right. Yeah. Byron, you gave the first cars a C minus, and you gave this one a C. You stand by I that? St- I completely stand by that. Yes. Um, Cynthia, you gave the first cars a B minus. You gave cars two a C minus, and you gave this also a B minus. So you gave cars one and this one the same grade. I like this one better. I didn't remember what I'd given the other one, but I'll just keep it as is. Daniel, you gave the first cars a B. You gave cars two a C. And you gave this a C plus. So you actually rated the first cars higher than this one. Oh, I guess I did. I guess I was I'm feeling defensive because I think it's better than its reputation is. Yeah. People just don't like it because it's like middle America and country music. And it's like, it's fine. And that's my <laughs> attitude towards cars. It's it's fine. It's like Yeah. But I don't want to think about this franchise for like three hours at a time. Oh my god, I know I, we're done. Well, I, I gave so. the first cars a C plus. I gave cars two a C minus, 
and I gave this a B. And you know what? I would love to change my Cars 2 C- to a D. <laughs> I really, really hate it. I like looking back, realize how much it's actually worse than I was giving it credit for. <laughs> it, it's like it, 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 it's such an enigma. It didn't exist in this universe. It was so weird. Okay. Yeah, it was espionage. I would have given, <laughs> given it an F. So give it a D yeah. for me. Like yeah. Don't worry. Yeah. We're going to have a like season finale wrap up episode where we look back at our grades and see which how ones many more we movies change, do we have like. to go, Kelly? So we're officially done with the Cars franchise. Woo! We did it. We watched all the Cars movies, you guys. Well, not Byron, but it's okay. Um, (laughs) Next up, Cynthia, is Coco. I know you're excited about that one. Remember me. I'm really excited about Coco, you guys. Um, And then what's after that? I mean, how many more after that? So including Coco, we have six more. Oh, six. I don't even know what they are. Coco, Coco, Incredibles 2, Toy Story ah. 4. Onward, then we're getting really recent with Onward, Luke, uh, Soul, and Luca, the one that just came out. Wow, wow, Luca. wow. Okay. So, we're getting so close. So, you guys definitely have to be thinking about what you want our next podcast season franchise to be about. I have some ideas. I know we've talked and- about it a little bit. But that's why we need our listeners to hit us up via email and Instagram and Facebook. What franchise or anything movies related that you want us to watch and And review? When we did the uh, like one off on Halloween where it was like, okay, give me your top five kind of thing. That's a fun fun way. So like, you know, we can think about things. Yeah, yeah, maybe we'll do. Maybe we'll do one of those before we start like our next official season. But we that still have really fun. We still have six Pixar movies left, but we're getting really close. And you guys, we are officially have been doing this for a year. Woo! I believe it. Really about that, our it very now. first. Well, we didn't premiere these until September, but we first recorded Toy Story. I don't remember the exact date, but I remember it was in July and it's now August. Mm-hmm. So it's been a year. I'm so proud of us that we've kept Me it up too. and I can't Me wait too. till we're we're at the end. So thank you all for listening. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Send us your comments and reviews. Your homework, our homework is to watch Coco. Thank you for listening and we will see you all next time. Friday Flicks Podcast is a JK Entertainment production. All thoughts and opinions by the participants are theirs and theirs alone. Original theme music by Jimmy Anthony. Please subscribe so you never miss an episode and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Friday Flicks Podcast for updates about future episodes. And please email us at jkentertainment247 at gmail.com to contact us and let us know what you think. I'm your host, Kelly Anthony. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. This is a potato from our garden. Oh. <laughs> oh, wow, you're growing potatoes. Got one, Yeah, we tried so hard, and this is one today. The other one was this big. It looked like, oh. the, looked like the eraser on a pencil. And I, I know you're going to edit this out, but Grace just walked you, in with this. and it's You like, guys have to carve it up, Grace, like the little I like, know, right? Bean, <laughs> little, like Mickey and the beanstalk? Yeah. They're in there like... <laughs> <laughs> oh, Grace, I'm so excited. Okay.